Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Hello everyone and welcome to God's Word for Life. This is episode number 22. My name is Jonathan McClintock. I'm your host. This is a lesson companion podcast. So for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your living word fall 2020 and turn to lesson number three intended for September 20th, 2020, lesson entitled A Changed Heart. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Well, before we look into God's Word and see how we can apply it to our lives this week, I wanted to share with you just something briefly. Corporations typically look through their corner office windshield to hire the best and brightest to sit in the CEO's seat. They rarely look in their rearview mirror to find a leader who used to lead and ask them to lead again. But Apple did that back in 1996. Steve Jobs founded the tech giant we know as Apple. If you have any electronic devices that start with a lowercase i, Steve Jobs' visionary fingerprints are all over it. But business was not always booming at Apple. After some complaints and conflicts, the board of Apple sided with their CEO, whom Steve Jobs had recruited, and removed Jobs from the Macintosh division. In a speech he made at Stanford University 20 years later, Jobs remarked, I was out, and very publicly out. What had been the focus of my entire adult life was gone, and it was devastating. I was a very public failure. But in 1996, a struggling Apple acquired Jobs' next tech startup and turned, returned him to his CEO seat one year later. And it was then that Steve Jobs steered Apple to the iPod and then the iPhone and the iPad. He turned things around. They, they looked for somebody who had been there and brought him back as CEO. You know, long before Apple rose and fell and then rose again, Babylon faced a similar power struggle. God had ousted Nebuchadnezzar due to his pride, but when he repented and realized God was in charge and not him, God restored his sanity and mental faculties. And when Babylon went looking for their next king, they found their previous king and set the crown back on his head. Life has a way of making leaders better leaders, even if leaders need to take time to learn by leading less. We're going to look at that story of Nebuchadnezzar here. If you want to turn to Daniel chapter 4, and let's look at God's Word together. All right, let's look at Daniel chapter 4. We're going to read verses 28 through 37. Daniel chapter 4, beginning at verse number 28. All this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of twelve months he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon, and the king spake, and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? 
While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like the eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the days I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes into heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? At the same time my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom mine honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth, and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. Our focus thought today is we must seek to avoid pride because God honors humility. This lesson entitled A Changed Heart, the focus verse was that last verse I just read, Daniel 4, verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those who walk in pride he is able to abase. We see at the beginning of this passage, in the first three verses there, verses 28 through 39, we see this king who has seen dreams come to pass and and seen excellent things happen, and he begins to look inward and basically says, I walked through the kingdom of Babylon, and I looked around, and I just thought, I have built this place. This kingdom has been built and I've done it. It shows the might of my power and it's all for the honor of my majesty. And there was this pride that rose up in King Nebuchadnezzar and he began to praise himself. He began to honor and extol himself and all that he had accomplished and all that he had done. He was proud of it. And he let others know, this is why the kingdom is like it is, because I've done it. Thought of these verses, and I began to think, and this is the question I kind of came to mind as I read through these verses today. Why does our culture value the self-made individual? You know, I, I can see this Nebuchadnezzar character. I can see him rearing his head among many in our society. I mean, we celebrate the self-made individual, the self-made man, the self-made woman, that the one that lifted themselves up by their own bootstraps and came out of poverty into extreme wealth or 
uh, came out of hard situations into into incredible and, and it was all because of their hard work and their ingenuity and their brains and their brawn and their and there are some incredible stories of accomplishment and that, that have happened in people's lives where they come from relatively nothing and they reach a pinnacle. There's some very um, inspiring stories that you can read about people like that. But when we hear people talk about how they did this and they did that and they praise themselves, it doesn't seem so foreign now in our world because we value, we praise, we 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 lift up, we we promote that self-made individual, that one that claims they did it all on their own, the one that claims it was all because of their great idea and because of of, of what they did and how they acted and what this self-made individual. Why does our culture value that? What is it about that that our culture says, wow, that's a, that's that's important that you can do it all on yourself? Well, it takes the God figure out, I think. It takes any authority figure out. It takes any any feeling that that we needed help or we needed assistance. There's there's something we value in our culture for some reason that if if we can show that that we did most of it ourselves. But we fail to realize and we fail to admit how frail and fragile we really are and that we need people. We need others. And of course, as believers, as Christians, we recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, who, and who is no shadow of turning at all. We, the things we've received, God's given them to us. And we shouldn't value the promotion of self-made individuals because there really truly is no thing like that, no such thing. We are God-made people. God made us. God gives us the things that we need. God blesses us. Just a uh, so this is uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw himself this way, but things quickly turned. Verse thirty-one: While the word was in the king's mouth, while he was saying what he was saying, there came a voice from heaven. I mean, of course, Nebuchadnezzar he had dreams. God given him dreams, all kinds of things. Even though he was a very an evil king, there was we see God back in chapter two. Daniel said. God raises up king and sets down kings. We, God is in charge. And God sometimes sets up kings and rulers and presidents and prime ministers, as we talked about, that we can't agree with their moral life. It's just not, it, it doesn't kind of quite measure up. We've got to understand that, that they are pawns in the hands of God. God is using certain people. God is, is, is bringing forth his purpose and plan through certain people. We may not see and understand how and why God does it the way he does it, but he does it that way. And the same way with Nebuchadnezzar, God worked through this king who was anti-God from the beginning. His voice comes to him. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, your kingdom is departed from you. And this prophecy goes forth. You're going you're gonna to be driven from men. You're going to dwell where the beasts of the field. You're gonna, in other words, it's almost as if Nebuchadnezzar is prophesied. He's just going to have like this nervous breakdown. It, it, he's going he's to find himself that he thinks he could handle everything. He thinks he's this self-made individual. He's done all this. And yet God's going to show him that really, truly, Nebuchadnezzar isn't as strong as he thinks he is. And so it's almost as if this prophecy that he's going to be uh, just kind of humbled and 
almost have this nervous breakdown, this this episode where he's just going to kind of lose it all, realizing he's not as powerful as he thinks he is. And through this, he was humbled and he was brought low. Remember, God lifts up kings and sets down kings. God is ultimately in control. I thought, you know, Nebuchadnezzar being humbled here and brought very low, I thought, you know, what, what ways do people experience being humbled? Have you, have you seen things in your life that have come that have humbled you or things that have come to others that have humbled them? You ever acted a particular way in a situation only to, uh, I remember as a, as a teenager, I can't remember a specific situation, uh, but I, I just, I just remember this, this, these feelings, this, these kind of things happening to me, you know, where you, you would, you'd walk into a room and you'd think this pride, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all that in a bag of chips, you know, and then all of a sudden you'd trip over something and fall and make a complete fool of yourself, right? Uh, just those times they come into our lives when the moment we think we, we are something, the moment we think that we are just, we've got it all together and we, we're, we're in charge and we're in control and we're the greatest and we're the best. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's taken from us. We fall. The Proverbs tell us that pride goeth before destruction, destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The, these things happen. And we experience humility. And sometimes when we don't humble ourselves, there will be humbling experiences that will come to us. It's just the way it is. But we see in these last few verses, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes into heaven and mine understanding returned unto me. So Nebuchadnezzar went through this, this, this episode where he was so prideful and thought he had done all this. And then all of a sudden, this voice from heaven says, no, Nebuchadnezzar, you're not as strong as you think you are. And now you're going to experience a humbling in your life. And he went through this time where I don't know if he, he had this nervous breakdown or what it was, but something that, that just kind of drove him and he, he fell hard. But the Bible it says that, that at the end of that period of humbling, he said, I lifted up my eyes to heaven and I got some understanding. He realized who he was, and he realized who God was. He realized things in context, finally. He saw himself for who he really was. And the, as, as we look through this, he says, I, My understanding returned to me. I blessed the Most High. I praise and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion. And, and the, verse, the last verse, verse 37, says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven. He learned his lesson. He said, this king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment are those that walk in pride. He is able to abase. You see, he recognized pride and he embraced humility. The last question I want to ask you about this, and just a simple, straightforward question about these verses, verses 34 to 37. What was the king's response when he recognized who he was and who God was? Well, his response was simple. It was praise and honoring the king of heaven. It was praise and honoring God. You see, when we get things in the right perspective and our understanding returns unto us like it did, I, I love that. I love those that, that wording there is understanding returned unto me. If we can get to a place where we receive understanding and we 
uh, recognize and revelation that who we are and who God is and that God's the one that's in charge. And if we have anything in this life, it's because of God's goodness. And if we've achieved any greatness or we've achieved any notoriety, we've achieved, uh, or we've achieved any, in any good things, it's, it's because God placed us in that position. It's because God opened that door. It's because God provided for us. It's because God made a way. That's why we got to recognize those good and perfect gifts that came down, that's because of God. If I have money in my bank account, it's not because I'm smart. It's not because I've got all this and that, I, that I've made that happen for myself. No, God's ultimately in charge. And I have that because God gave me these gifts and because God gave me these abilities and because God opened the door to allow me to make that. I don't have these things in my life because I did it all on my own. I have these things, these blessings in my life because God was good to me. And Nebuchadnezzar finally came to that understanding here at the end of this chapter. And he realized, I'm going to extol and praise and honor the king of heaven because he's the one that gave me this position as king. And, And he can, I've seen him over these last several months, he can remove it from me very quickly if he wants to. God is in charge. And so I will extol and honor and praise the king of heaven whose works are truth. And those who walk in pride, he is able to abase. This is such an incredible lesson we must learn. We must seek to avoid pride, as our focus thought says. We must seek to avoid pride because God honors humility. God restored Nebuchadnezzar because he rejected pride and embraced humility. So the two things I'm going to challenge us to do this week, our calls to action. First of all, we need to take time this week and seek our hearts and ask God to reveal pride in our life. If there is pride in our lives, we are on the path to destruction in that area of our life. If there is pride in certain places in our lives, we are on the way to being humbled. It's just the laws that have been set forth. It's just the way it is. We must ask God, Lord, reveal pride in me. Show me where I'm wrong. Show me the areas that I need help. Show me those places that I need to change. So that's the first thing I'm going to ask that we do this week. Ask God to reveal pride to us. And then secondly, determine how you can embrace humility this week. How can we humble ourselves? How can we find humility in everything that we do this week? How can we embrace humility and walk and live in humility so that our lives point to Jesus Christ and honor him and not point to us and not shine the light on us? We need to walk in humility before Jesus Christ. Dear Lord Jesus, we are so grateful, so grateful for the good and perfect gifts you've given to us so grateful for all the blessings that you have poured out upon us we realize and recognize today through your word through this this story and sketch we recognize that you're ultimately in control and that the reason we have what we have in our lives is not because of our ability and our talent but because you gave us that ability and you are the source of the talent and ability in our life We pray that you'd help us, Lord. We want to walk in humility before you. We want to honor you. We want to live in such a way that points people to you and that we would honor you in everything that we do. I pray that you walk with us as we draw us close to you. 
Let your hand rest upon us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.